Hello, and welcome to the Canner Connection. My name is Tyler Davis, and I will be one of many hosts that you will hear over the course of the year here on the Canner Connection. Eventually, students will be the ones that are hosting and interviewing, but for today's sake, I was the one that was able to interview Mrs. Schaefer about her life and her career in front of a live studio audience of third graders. We had a really good time doing it. So, hopefully, the plan is to put one of these out every week where we interview a faculty or staff member. Um, And starting next week, it should be with a student instead of me. So make sure you tune in every week to not only get your news from what's happening here at Ladoga Elementary School, but also to hear um, an interview from a student to another faculty and staff member kind of about their life and, and why they want to work here at Ladoga and why they're an educator. So thank you for tuning in with us, and I hope you enjoy. I heard a really funny story that Mrs. Schaefer, I think you can still tell in front of in front of the students here, but I heard a really, really funny story yesterday about how she saved a cat. This is true. We have a couple barn cats, and when we came home from fall break, one of the barn cats, Prince Charming is his name, by the way. Um, I don't know how charming he is, but that's what the baby named him, so he's Prince Charming. Uh, we noticed he was limping. So Mrs. Schaefer, one thing you didn't know about me, I used to be an EMT a long time ago and a volunteer firefighter while I was going to college. So I have some, I have a little bit of very limited medical knowledge. You know, it's very limited, but it's enough that I thought I could save this cat. Okay. So we strapped the cat down, held him down. We wrapped him in a towel. Really? We didn't strap him down. And we pulled his leg apart because I thought I was going to have to splint his leg. You know, I was going to use popsicle sticks and tape and I got the razor out and I was gonna doctor this cat up and we found out the cat had actually been shot someone shot my cat with a pellet gun or a BB gun so I don't know what kind of hooligan neighborhood I apparently moved into recently but apparently I did or my cat was being naughty and somebody didn't want him on their property so I uh, got some tweezers and some rubbing alcohol and some peroxide and some bandages and some little butterfly strips and I pulled BBs out of my cat's leg, poured medicine in it, strapped him up, you know, taped it up good and gave him some baby Tylenol for about 10 days because he had a little fever, I believe. I don't actually know that, but I think he had a fever. Oh, I'm sure, yeah. And I just want you to know, Prince is running around and he might be more Prince Charming now than he ever was before. He is now my best friend. Yeah, we can clap to that. That that was really good. And for for those for people that are tuning in now, we do have the third graders here, so we, we're doing this in front of a live studio audience almost, and so it's super fun. But I remember growing up, people used to say like, "Oh, you're never gonna need to need to uh, know like how to play the game Operation, right?" But like, I you feel had like to I really need it. I needed to know how to do this. So, Mrs. Schaefer, in your kind of intro there, you mentioned that you used to be an EMT and a firefighter, and the limited knowledge that I do know about you is that you've had plenty of titles over the years. You've done a lot. You've been a lot of places. Yes. So I, what, what jobs, was, did, before you became a teacher, mm-hmm. what jobs did you have, if you can remember? Well, this is definitely a, a second half of my life career for me. I did not start out as a teacher. I didn't really know what I wanted to do. I actually thought I wanted to be a nurse. And right out of high school, I got accepted to the IU School of Nursing in Bloomington. And I quickly found out that I did not want to be a nurse. And I don't know if I didn't want to be a nurse or if I didn't want to go to college yet. Um, So 
I ended up just taking a few classes here and there, and then I ended up going into some operations management positions um, where I was the operations manager. I was an operations manager at FedEx. And then they were, then I went to JCPenney and I was their logistics manager in Plainfield for their new warehouse. I had about 300 to 400 employees working for me at any given moment. It's pretty impressive. Um, so I did some traveling with them and training and then I really hated the job because I worked a lot of hours and my kids were small. So I started looking and someone contacted me and said, hey, we're going to open up a new Starbucks and we're going to put a bank in the Starbucks. It's going to be this revolutionary, crazy thing. Would you like to would you like to check it out? And I was like, sign me up. I didn't drink coffee at the time, by the way. Not not a drop. I did not like it. So I opened up a, I helped open up, I was the store manager for Starbucks when they were with a Charter One bank. So it's a one branch, it has a bank on one side and it has an open wall and we did live music and all kinds of really cool stuff. And I actually loved that job. It was very, very fun. It didn't pay very well though, I will say that. Um, and then from there, I decided to get my teaching degree I decided I finally figured out what I wanted to do with my life. Um, my son was in first grade at the time, and he was not a very good reader. And I always volunteered every Wednesday in his classroom. I was like the class mom. I went in and made copies and laminated, and I ran all the little parties. You know, you know what I'm talking about, right? Well, I used to go in every Wednesday and help. And I went in one Wednesday to help, and I was early. When I got to the door, my little, my little angel, okay, is he always an angel? No, but my little angel, who's now 23 and would laugh at this story, was sitting on a bar stool in the front of the classroom with a book that he couldn't read, and he was being forced to read it, and I could tell how upset he was and how frustrated he was and how humiliated he was. And I decided right then and there that there was a better way to do this, so I went home and I quit my job. That day, I resigned from my job, and I enrolled in teaching classes, and... Two years later, I got my first teaching job. Wow. So that's, really that's, cool. that's why I became a teacher. Well, that you kind of like mixed, mixed the, my next question was going to be, why yes. did you, you knew it was coming. So it's yeah. perfect. That's really awesome. I didn't know that. Um, yeah. Not a lot and, of people know that story. And it's super fun to know like other people's like why of why mm -hmm. they do it. Because sometimes like even me, like when I was growing up, I would look at teachers and be like, oh, you clearly just, like, I don't know why you're here. Like, mm -hmm. what's the point? You don't always know. And But knowing kind of helps, I don't know, bring it bring it all into perspective. Mm -hmm. a so lot my it. kids were always my, my motivation and my reason because my other one could read chapter books in kindergarten. So they just learn very differently. They're both very intelligent, but they just learn differently. So, and I will tell you, my son went to college and is very successful now. And he will probably make more money than me here in probably a couple years. Yeah. So it doesn't mean anything if you're not a good reader in first grade. <laughs> it just means it's not your time yet. Right. That's all it means. For sure. And so you, when you got your first teaching job, so I know at some point you were a sixth grade teacher. Well, I'll just tell you, I wanted to be a second grade teacher so bad I could hardly stand it. That was my favorite year for both of my kids. And I remember my own second grade teacher. So I wanted to be a second grade teacher and I was determined that that's where I was supposed to be. Well, so I applied for every job under the moon 
and I kept getting interviews for fifth grade and sixth grade jobs. I did not want smelly preteens. <laughs> that is not what I wanted to do. <laughs> that isn't, oh, we don't want to erase that. That's the truth. I did not want smelly axe wearing preteens, okay? Um, and, and that's about when Axe came out is when, so I kept getting job offers and then I started getting job offers for fifth grade and sixth grade. And for some reason, one of the sixth grade positions that they offered me just, it felt right. So I took the job and my kids actually transferred. My son was going to be a sixth grader that year. Um, so he went to the same school. He transferred to the same school that I went to. So I transferred to a middle school type setting. It was a five through eight building. It was a little different than we have things here. Their, their middle school was fifth grade and sixth grade on one side of the building, and then seventh grade and eighth grade on the other side of the building. So we shared a cafeteria and a gym, but we kind of each had our own wings other than that. So we were kind of, it was pretty cool. It was a great setup actually. Yeah. And I worked there for eight years and I absolutely positively loved working there. And I loved those smelly sixth graders with their ax. <laughs> They became like they became all, they became my favorite instantly. I fell in love with them. It was the chocolate the chocolate axe spray. That's the one that oh my everybody goodness the axe and... spray. We always had to lay off the axe spray, guys. Yeah, take a shower. Just, it was terrible. Oh it was it was so funny though. The hallways always had a, a fog of mist. Oh yeah, yeah. From the axe after recess, and it was so funny. <laughs> I think we actually banned axe at one point because it was so bad. <laughs> I, th I think I think you broke one of the students here. That's, that's <laughs> I think I think I think he's relating. Yeah, I think he no, has axe. Do you have axe in your backpack? Are you relating to my story right now? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm just I'm just teasing and, and picking on it. But no, it was absolutely that that first year of teaching was just absolutely. I had 28 sixth graders in my homeroom, and I taught them all subjects except for social studies. They switched at the end of the day, so I taught two units of science at the end of the day to you know 45 minutes each to my homeroom and then my yeah. neighbor's homeroom and so she taught the social studies and i taught the science other than that we taught everything else and it was just awesome yeah so at some point though you were you sat there and you thought to yourself i should be a principal um it took a few years and a few of, actually it was the parents of my kids and my own parents my dad specifically he said so when are you going to become a principal so that you can help all the kids and not just your 28? Yeah. And I was like, oh, I don't know about that. But then a few of the parents of the kids that I had said, yes, that you get it and you should be a principal. You should be a principal. This, yeah. You understand. So the more I thought about it and with my background in operations management, I decided to go ahead and go back to school. So I went to school. Um, Two nights a week for two years at Butler. And I did, I, I went to Butler and got my master's degree. And in the middle of that, I switched jobs actually and went to work at a school just to teach science. And I liked that. And then at the end of that year, I was just graduating from Butler. Um, I got offered an instructional coaching position in another district where I worked in all 10 of their schools. They had seven elementaries Whoa. and then a middle and then another middle. It's like an intermediate and then a middle and then a high school. And I worked in all 10 of their schools. Um, and I got to go help teachers with technology, with reading, with whatever they really needed help with. Um, and I got to work with teachers who just anybody who needed help with anything. 
So I was kind of just an extra set of hands to help wherever I was needed. And I did that for two years while I really was picky and looked for the perfect principal's job. Because I'll be honest with you, I only applied for three or four principal jobs um, before I got this one because I was very specific on what I wanted and I knew what I wanted and I knew where I wanted to go. I wanted to work in a small school where I could know all of my kids and all of my kids' parents and um, I could really build those relationships with my kids. So I knew exactly what I wanted, so I was very picky and I took two years before I found a job. And then you came to the greatest school on the planet. And then basically I came to the greatest school on the planet and I discovered the greatest group of kids ever. Yeah. And thus we're here. I, I know, and right? We're here now. That's, it's amazing. That's really cool. So the four, year, four years later, here we are with my favorite, with my first group of kindergartners, yeah, by the way. They're my, fa they're my first group of kindergartners. So by default, they have to be my favorite. Absolutely. Absolutely. Because I'm going to have them the longest. I mean, yeah. it makes sense, right? Oh, that's what I thought. I, I think I think people I, like I would just pay admission to your guys's fifth grade promotion because Mrs. Schaefer is going to be an absolute mess. Oh yeah, I'm going to cry like a baby. I'm going to cry like they're all my own children. <laughs> okay, so I've got a couple more questions for you, Mrs. Schaefer, before we Alrighty. let you go. Alrighty. Um, if you had to say one subject, which subject would you say sets students up for life success? Reading. Reading. So why why reading? Because reading is the basis of every other subject. That's true. You can't learn about the past and history if you can't read. You can't learn about science and create cool, amazing inventions and do things if you can't read. Mm. You can't do complex math if you can't read. Yeah. And honestly, reading is where we acquire all of our vocabulary and just all of our internal knowledge. So reading has to be the basis. And I'm a scientist at heart, so please know that I'm, that's coming from a, a tough place. Um, but yes, I would say reading. Yeah, that's, that's really good. Reading I, is, reading is power. Reading is knowledge. Absolutely. And I know that for me growing up, reading was really like comprehension stuff was really difficult. And it mm -hmm. wasn't until probably my second half of my college career that I realized like, oh my goodness. Like if I had just read more growing up, you like, would yep. my life would be way easier now. So yeah. I, yeah, I completely, I, yeah. I the best thing to help with comprehension, if you're struggling with comprehension for anybody is to pretend it's a movie and you are in that movie. Mm. When you are reading, when you are reading, it is a movie script. I don't care if it's fiction. I don't care if it's nonfiction. I don't care if it's the directions how to do something. If it's directions how to do something, suddenly you are Paula Dean and you are reading it live for a studio audience. And guess what? You will remember it better and you will understand what you read better. Even if you do it in your head, you're in a movie and this is your script. Those are your lines. Those are your words. That's your thoughts. You own it instantly if it's a movie and you're the actor. Wow. And it will help. There you go. So I wish somebody had told me that. And like Mrs. Thompson, speaking of third graders, Mrs. Thompson blew my mind. Yes. With uh, the nines trick. She oh, was, yeah. She in math. So, and it, so there's more that I was like, just, I don't know. There's more you learn. The more you know when I you know. ask questions. And, I know. And be good. That's really good advice. Teachers have lots of fun little tricks. It's almost like, you know, that's their thing. Like they know. It's weird. Yeah. <laughs> teachers are magicians. Yeah, I like that. You've given students advice. Okay. Now, if you could tell one parent, or not one, if you could tell all the parents or guardians here mm. with the students at Ladoga, if you could tell them one thing, just say, hey, if you want your kids to excel, or if you whatever, like, what is the one thing that you would tell them? Well, I'm going to tell them the same thing I would tell the kids, to read together. Read together. Not just to you or have you read to them but read with you. 
because from that reading comes lots of conversations, comes lots of connections. It deepens your relationship because then you have things to talk about because of things you're learning. You make connections to places you've been, places you want to go. Um, if it's, you know, stories that are made up and stuff, you can talk about how dreams and things you have. So the best thing I could tell any parent is to read with their kids. Absolutely. Yeah, I think that, like, with my own kids, um, which one of them's two, well, about to be three, but anyway, um, when I read with him, that is the most, like, engaging he is mm -hmm. all day. I could sit there and play with blocks and cars and everything, yep. and he's still kind of owns his own little world, but when I'm reading him a book, mm -hmm. he is asking me questions, talking with me, and I could just tell that he's way more engaged. That's how we learn about that. the world. I mean, yeah. it really, truly is how kids learn about the world. And that engagement with an adult and the conversations they have with the adult is what helps them become little adults and learn how to learn and learn how to ask those questions and, and honestly learn how to have conversations. Yeah, for sure. So yeah, doing it in person and reading together is the best thing I could give, best advice I could give any parent. That's really good. That's awesome. So one, one more question, and I know you're dreading it. I'm sorry, but it's, it's okay. my favorite question to ask it's anybody. Favorite question, hmm. and I know it's a little, it's a little kind of dark, a little bit, but it's at deep. the same time, it's deep. Yeah, it's a little deep, but at the same time, it's good to kind of be thinking about this so we can have our own life goals. So, Mr. Schaefer, yes, when you pass away, what do you want people to remember you for? Oh, so what's my dash, huh? What's my dash? What's your dash? Yeah, I like that. Yeah, what's my dash? Um, honestly, if if you were in my life. You were in my life for a reason hmm. and it was purposeful. Yeah. So there was a connection there and that I loved you. I loved you for something. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. Um, because I, I'm, I'm very passionate about my people. Yeah. Um, all my kids in this building, you're my people, you're my kids, you're my kids. When I talk about you outside of school, you're my kids. I don't say the Ladoga kids. I say, well, my kids. And they're like, how many do you have? I'm like, 196. <laughs> <laughs> You're all my kids, and I love you. I love you, and I would do anything to help you be successful. So I hope when I'm gone, people just know how much I loved them. And like I rooted for you, and I cheered you on. Because I want all of you to be successful. Even my adults, my big kids. Yeah. I cheer, I cheer them on, and I root for them, too. And I want what's best for all of them, too. Not just all of you. Huh? <laughs> the teens, the smelly axe teens. Well, you know what? They, they won me over quickly, I'll tell you. Okay. Yeah. And I love all of them too. And you know what? I still keep in touch with a lot of those axe wearing smelly now, now 23 and 24 year olds. <laughs> so that's, that's good. Um, I like what I usually like to tell people too, is like, there's so many people in your life that are going to be against you. Mm -hmm. Like don't the people that are for you, like don't push them away. Mm -hmm. they, they want the best for you. And it's very clear if you've known Mrs. Schaefer for any time, that she obviously wants the best for you. So don't push her away, even if you want to. Even if you get in trouble and you're sitting in her office, she wants the best for you. This I is hope. true. Yeah? Yes, this absolutely. is true. Well, everybody, give uh, a round of applause to Mr. Schaefer. I think we have one question from the studio audience I guess we can get to. Calvin, what is From my cowboy boot-wearing kindergarten Calvin. <laughs> he... It is possible. <laughs> now that was actually that decision was actually made before I came here. No, it's no, 
It's because they tore down the high school. This used to be a high school, and they turned it into an elementary school. Many, many, many years. You know, Calvin was the first student I met. Oh, really? Yes, Calvin was the very first Ladoga student that I met and knew his name. So my very first day as a principal, very first day of school, I'm standing out on the sidewalk in the morning because if it's nice, I like to go out there. I'll just be honest with you. So when it's cold, sorry, I don't go out there as much. But it was beautiful, and I was standing out there greeting, waving, you know, because I'm the new person. Everybody's staring at me. And here comes this cutest little kindergartner I've ever seen in my life with a Captain America backpack as big as him. (laughs) He was wearing jean shorts. I will never forget this moment. It is etched in my brain forever. He was wearing jean shorts and his cowboy boots, and he was marching into school. He was the proudest kid I've ever seen in my life. And I said that right there. That I'm gonna get to know that kid right there. <laughs> so I went and I met his mom and dad, yeah. and it, his name was Calvin, and we've been best friends ever since, basically. Absolutely, that's good. I will never yeah. forget that day as long as I live. I love that story. That's that awesome. moment I will never forget. Yeah. Well, we've actually ran over time a little <laughs> oh, bit, so great. we're gonna we're gonna have to close this down. So everybody, tell Mr. Schaefer thank you. Give her another round of applause. Thank, thank you. Thank you for taking the time. And uh, we will uh, catch you around another time. We had a really good time with Mrs. Schaefer there, and I thank you so much that you were able to listen with us. The third graders were amazing. Uh, they were asking questions. They were really engaged. And so uh, for this today's sake, if you have any third graders um, here at this school, they had a really, really good time uh, with Mrs. Schaefer and I today as we kind of conducted the interview. So. Thanks again for tuning in. Make sure you tune back every week, um, wherever you find your podcasts, to listen to the Canter Connection, both the news portion and the interview portion, where, again, we're going to interview faculty and staff members and try to get to know them a little bit better, because I know it's, it's hard to know everything that's going on in your child's life. And if we can make it a little easier, of course, we're going to, because as we always say, we are for you and we are for your kids. Thank you so much for joining us and have a great week.